the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Planted with Sarah Pion. I'm Sarah Pion, your host. And today I am really happy to say that I have one of my favorite people on the show, Jennifer Skog, who is the founder and CEO of MJ, MJ, MJ Lifestyle <laughs> Magazine. Welcome, Jen. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. I am absolutely pleased to be here. So, Jen, you and I met, what, now it's like almost two years ago um, when I was in, was it issue number two of it, or or issue number three of MJ Lifestyle? Uh, three. But we actually met before at an event. Oh, that's right. we were right. speaking on a panel. And it was funny because I'm sitting there listening to you and Jeff is in the audience, and as soon as he finds out what I I do, he's like, "You need to talk to her." <laughs> Mouthing it to me from the audience, and I was like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's always good for uh, just saying what's on his mind. <laughs> he is your number one fan, and it was it was so funny. But I was like, "Yeah, I know, I know, I'm well aware of that." <laughs> And I had I'd heard of you before because um, somebody I can't remember who it was came up to me when I was one of the co-chairs of the San Francisco Legalization Task Force, and she was like, "I'm going to connect you with Jennifer and her magazine. You two really need to talk." And I was like, "Okay, you know, sure." <laughs> and then we we met, and I was like, "Oh no, like we." We need to be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It was definitely pretty in, immediate. Um, I mean, we, I, we, when I went to go sh- come and shoot you, it was like I don't think we shot for at least an hour. Yeah, <laughs> because we were too busy chatting it up, and um, you know, it's like it's like finding a long lost sister almost. Yeah, um, you I- know, and catching up and sharing all these just amazing you know stories that we relate to so well, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You're definitely a bright star in my mind. Um, and in my life. So I truly enjoy your presence and everything that you have to offer us and this industry. Oh, I, I feel the same about you. I just, you know, it was like, I, you know, not only did we just hit it off, but I, I could see like, you just have such a warmth and I could see how when you were working with other people, because if, if anybody hasn't seen Jennifer's photography, you really need to check it out because she, in her magazine, um, I, you do, do you do all of the photos or some of them? I do most of them because this is a self-funded magazine. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the cheapest labor I can find is myself. So I do most. <laughs> but it is not necessarily supposed to be just by photography. But but being that that is my, uh, you know, my background, having, you know, 20 plus years of photographing, especially women, um, you know, on some of their most special days, whether it's their wedding um, with boudoir photography. Uh, but weddings have also also opened my eyes to a lot of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I've really just been able to kind of absorb as much as I can from so many different 
women from different walks of life, you know? Um, and so it's kind of just over the last 20 years of photographing these amazing women, um, you know, got me really, really, <laughs> really good at photographing women, you know, and, and getting that, that, that real natural, um, expression instead of you know something that's overly posed yeah you you just really capture the essence of people in ways that you, know, you don't see very often and I I just you know I so appreciate you as an artist not only as 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 a publisher and a friend it's just the, the things that you put out I always I'm always blown away by your work I just I just think it's wonderful Thank you. I, I just last year I haven't gotten to do much, so I'm just like itching for creativity right now. Oh, um, yeah. But you know, so many women in this space and in every space, you know, we all need updated imagery of ourselves. You know, every couple of years. Um, and I can tell you, when I did an interview series on Instagram with about 50 women, mm-hmm. I would say less than 10 percent of them, and these are all professional women in the in cannabis and wellness spaces only maybe 10 percent had professional headshots yeah yeah there's a need for it um but yeah yeah it's it's uh it's it's definitely something i cherish for sure yeah it's i think um you know the need for headshots is real because we have especially in this day and age where we're doing everything virtually that's you know and people are so visual so, yeah. you know, how do you how do you capture just like, you know, as I mentioned before, how well you capture the essence of people? I mean, that's when you see a picture you of somebody, you you can't help but come up with a story in your mind about who they are, you know, whether you're seeing the strength mm-hmm. or the vulnerability in their image. And that's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm I it, you know, it is why you know, I started with the magazine in the first place was I wanted to give the cannabis plant the, the attention that she deserved, you know, the respect and the refined, you know, imagery and look that she deserved, you know, she's, she's been, she's been criminalized and demonized for far too long. And really it was my photography that I wanted to be able to kind of show people who love the plant, how just amazing it is, you know, um, and really get away from the over-sexualization and, you know, that, that women were being represented in the space. Yeah. So it was really kind of a joining of, um, you know, two things that I'm really passionate about, which, you know, is the plant and, and empowering women. Right, right. I don't want to do it. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's a big part of normalization, right? Yeah. It's like... Huge people is people because we had all these preconceived notions before about who used cannabis or, you know, a lot of people just, and there's nothing wrong. I've said this so many times on episodes. There is like, there's nothing wrong with stoner culture, but that's what people tended to perseverate on. And there are so many different people who are interested and engaged with cannabis that it's really important that, everyone be represented and I know for myself when I first started working you know behind the bar at a dispensary at that point in time it's I was one of the few women working in dispensaries where we didn't have an over-sexualized environment 
And that was mm-hmm. that was really a, a wonderful thing for me because I wouldn't have flourished in that kind of environment. I know some some people dig it, but it's just you know most of us are are just doing our thing, you know. And that, for me, it was like yeah. wanting to help people who are sick. And- yeah, and being yeah, and and being sexy is is okay. I mean, like I said, yeah. I've been a boudoir photographer for twenty years, um, and and in the beginning, you know, when I started MJ Lifestyle, it was it was not a magazine. It was really um, just a, a Instagram and a way for me to kind of start to communicate, you know, my feelings. I guess, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but it very much started with women boudoir smoking weed because they were the only women that were willing to smoke weed in front of the camera. <laughs> um, and, and I was very torn in the beginning because I was like, wait, I don't, this is over-sexualizing cannabis to me. Like, I don't want, like, this isn't the image I want, you know, to portray. But at the time it was like, this was the only thing I could show at the moment, you know, but you know, and, and my boudoir imagery is not overly evocative. Um, it's also very, uh, you know, classic and, and, and beautiful. So it's not too bad. But at the same time, you know, I was very sensitive about, you know, the over-sexualization and, and with cannabis and whatnot. So there's definitely nothing wrong with it. Um, but there are so many more people that need to be represented. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think there's a huge difference between a woman being in her power with her sexuality and the patriarchy over-sexualizing women. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Because if you want to go and, and do your thing and be sexy and take pictures and it's it's all about you and, and you and your power, I think that's a beautiful thing. But it's mm-hmm. it's when it's when it's being done because there's pressure to be be a an image of something that you're not relating to or it makes you feel a certain way that I think is, is problematic. Exactly. And, and that's what we used to see a lot in the beginning of the industry. And that, so I always feel like when that conversation comes up, because I, I know like, I, I, you know, I have, I have a lot of very empowered female friends that are like, oh, I like, you know, I like taking sexy pictures of myself. And it's like, you go girl. Like there's, that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. As long as it's on your own terms, that's the biggest thing. Exactly. Exactly. There is nothing sexier to me than a woman empowered um, and in owning her power. And, you know, if she's doing it for herself, that's that's the gorgeous thing about, you know, being a woman. Right. You know, um, you know, and owning our, our feminine powers and our energy and 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 not feeling shamed for that, you know. So uh, it is it's a very there's you know, there's a there's a line. Yep. You know, and I think women can see that line. I don't think it's as easy for men to see that line. Not all men, but I just don't think it's as easy, like, for them to see yeah. as it is for us. Well, we've had um, a lot like, of... Like, I can tell when there's been a male photographer. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, most of fashion photographers are male. So men have been, men have been creating the image of a beautiful woman for a long time, forever. Right. Right. Well, and then you think about that. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just reading this article this morning where they were talking about what beauty norms are and that it's very uh, patriarchal and mm-hmm. and very in some in some instances, it's very supremacist. It's, it's like a patriarchal white supremacist construction of what 
constitutes beauty in a woman. And I think that like you've done a great job of breaking down those barriers and really showing the beauty in all women. Thank you. Um, thank you. That's and huge, I know that's been uh, something compliment. that you've worked really hard on. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. And I mean, I think anybody who's a creator or who's an artist, I think knows, um, knows the hardships of being a creator. <laughs> Sorry to get all heavy on you um, first thing in the day. <laughs> yeah, because we put, yeah, we put a lot into it. It's our whole heart and soul. So, um, you know, when it is being, when somebody can understand it and it's being related the way that you intended it to be, um, that's a, a, like a, a, the best compliment. So, so thank you very much. It's been a, it has been a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and just going back just a little bit, like, when did you, when did you start being interested in cannabis in general? Like, what was your first experience like? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, my first experience um, would be in high school, um, you know, partying or whatever, and really. What I th- I've always had a very sensitive stomach. I've always gotten uh, car sick and just really, I don't handle alcohol very well. So when the time, you know, comes in your young adulthood um, to start, you know, partying, um, really for me, cannabis was, I was very, of course, scared of it in the beginning. And then once I realized just what it did for me um, over alcohol. Like I was able to still make conscious decisions. I was able to, uh, walk, you know, I was, you know, able to take care of myself and, and maybe not all people have that experience with cannabis. Um, but for me, and then it, and then it wore off. So I was able to drive home. So a lot of times I was actually the designated driver for a lot of my friends. Um, and I'm not condoning that to anybody, but a lot, I wasn't drinking alcohol, um, and I was, you know, you'd be partying for whatever long time. I ha- I'd been sober for a good two hours of drinking water and, you know, curing the cotton mouth and whatnot. Um, but so, so it was um, really just kind of discovering it that way. Unfortunately, that meant I was, you know, kind of a, not, I wasn't an outsider, but I wasn't, um, it wasn't in, in, in popular um <sighs> company yeah. <laughs> more people are you know wanting to drink the booze especially the girls um not very i did i had very few girls who who would consume with me so i was typically hanging out with the guys uh and i'm more of a guy's girl anyway i had many guy best friends i had a lot of great girlfriends too but i was i'm a guy's kind of girl um and so just hanging out with them and and being real really um and not acting like a fool in the middle of a dance floor, you know, drunk off my ass or whatever, um, which I was grateful for. Um, and then I just kind of continued on. I mean, I'm not saying I don't drink alcohol. Of course I've had, I drink alcohol from time to time, but truly, you know, there's the hangover aspect. Um, for me, it was just, you know, not being able to control myself. That was really, um, big for me. Um, and so really, I just really had a liking to cannabis. Um, of course, that made me a stoner at the time. That was 25 years ago. You so, and I would have gotten along um, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? 
and which is why we still do. Right. So, um, so yeah. So throughout, I've I've really been a consumer for the past, you know, some twenty five years plus, um, and um, really, it's it's kind of been my saving grace in a lot of times. The only time I really, I'm a daily consumer. The only time I really haven't was when I was pregnant or breastfeeding with my children. And, and that was just because there wasn't enough research. Um, but, you know, I ended up, you know, uh, marrying a non-consumer. So I've kind of always hidden this, not from my husband, but it's definitely something I have hidden from most of the world, unless you're close to me. Um, and then when I kind of I had actually moved to Kansas, for two years because of my husband, uh, he had a job and I was sneaking vape oil, you know, across all the way to Kansas for two, almost two years. <laughs> um, and not, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to admit illegal activity, but anyway, um, so it's no, you're not doing it now. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I am not at the moment. Um, so anyway, uh, so yes, yeah, so I had come back and when I came back, I think it was like 2016 and Lee, we were much more, I, I had been a medical patient for long before, but we were getting more and more, uh, active. And my friend was like, Hey, you should start shooting for cannabis. And I'm like, no, no thanks. Like I'm kind of building a good, decent, you know, cookbook cover and fashion, you know, photographer. I don't want anybody thinking like I'm some stoner chick. And um, the more she convinced me, the more I was like, you know what, maybe I should, maybe I should see what, what this is all about. And um, I just, then I realized, oh, that's the problem. Like, I am the problem, you know, um, not necessarily the problem, but, but it's my decision to keep this a secret. And, and that's kind of what's making, you know, the world think that weed is, is for stoners. You know, if people don't come out and share, you know, I, I've been a high functioning, socially aware, uh, so, uh, consciously aware, uh, you know, consumer my, my whole life, you know, so this is something that I should share. So I actually did. I did the whole little coming out thing, came out to my parents first, which was not easy. Um, they took it well. And then I decided to come out on my blog and tell them about MJ Lifestyle and what I was starting. And my mom got mad at me because I did not warn her that I was letting my Facebook fans know that I was coming out as a stoner. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's just kind of like, you know, uh, I know so many women, though. And ever since then, ever since coming, doing that whole coming out thing, I've, there's been a huge weight off my shoulder, but even more so, I have so many people coming to me with questions, with advice, you know, um, with just curiosity. And it always starts in a secret. You know, it's like they whisper it because they're too afraid to even say it out loud. Um, but ever since then, you know, all of my, I'm a soccer coach for my kids. Every single parent that I work with, my, the, the principal at my school, everybody knows what I do. And the fact that I am not being judged, um, and I know not everybody gets to have this opportunity, because, and I know not everybody lives in this kind of whatever it is. You know, we're in California. We're super open-minded, and obviously we've been going through this for a long time. Um, but it's been, it's been really, really powerful to kind of gain that power of my life, you know, and 
to be able to show that it isn't all about stoners, you know, and, and I think when I started shooting it, shooting cannabis was when I realized, oh my God, the problem is we are not being represented properly. Women are not being represented properly. Um, and I think that's what kind of became the driving force of, you know, I've always, it was so funny when I was moving back from Kansas and I was kind of going through this transition of where am I going to go from, you know, boudoir and fashion photographer to um, maybe shooting cannabis. Uh, I had was packing up my office and sure, somehow I come in the room and on the top of something is my college paper on whether to legalize marijuana or not. Oh, wow. And so that was kind of a crazy sign uh, that I got an A on, which I rarely got A's on any um, papers. But um, so uh, it was just, this, it was, there was a lot of signs pointing to it. And um, I'm really grateful that I have, um, you know, pursued it. It's been the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. Um, it's been a challenge, continues to be a challenge. Um, but I will say that now looking back, it's like I forget that there are so many women that are still hiding it and still feeling that shame. And that shame is such a dark cloud on your entire existence. If you're ashamed of something, if you're hiding something, that means you're ashamed of it, you know, and that is affecting your heart. Yes. Um, and your wellness, your overall well-being. So I, I, I really just kind of try to remind myself, you know, that just because I've gone out and, and I've, you know, and I'm able to talk about it doesn't mean that everybody else is, is, is ready or has been able to take that jump. And so I'm, I'm here to kind of guide people and help people however I can. I mean, obviously, I'm not a freaking doctor or anybody like that. But, you know, women find things out from other women. You know, yeah. we trust our, you know, and, and me living and breathing this, you know, I've earned the trust from, you know, all of my friends. Um, you know, they're not going to ask a cannabis or a CBD question to anybody but me. Right. So, um, you know, and that's important to me. So it's it's just been it's been a really great, um, great eye opening experience as far as doing that, you know, experiencing the, the whole coming out thing, um, you know, and uh, yeah. So that was kind of that was actually the kind of our first issues um, theme was coming out green. Um, gosh, I'm saying a lot of ums. <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> the more you think about it the more you'll say it <laughs> really it's <seriously>. just me <laughs> I, I when I do the ums I just let it go because if I think about it too much then I then I just um it up <laughs> um it up exactly seriously oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think it's really, really important because, like you said, there, you know, you and I live in a in a different environment where we're talking to people all the time about cannabis, and it is a it's something to reflect on that not everybody's as comfortable, and especially in other areas of the country. I mean, like my mom, I don't think with her, she would have been not as open to it if I hadn't just gone through cancer. She just kind of looked at it and was like, oh, Sarah's hilarious. There she goes. Mm -hmm. Doing her There's thing. Sarah being Sarah again. Yeah. Um, I will, I will, um, I do want to say that, so growing up, my dad also never drank because he didn't like being in control, out of control, but he also didn't really smoke weed. I guess his younger brother was more of the, um, he was a musician and whatever. 
But anyway, oh, so he's kind of always been really against it. Um, my dad, my dad was more of a jock and he's just always been against it. And my mom, my mom, you know, she enjoys an occasional, um, pharmaceutical. (laughs) 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 Um, but, but so, I mean, she's open-minded, put it that way, but of course weed is weed and, and, you know, it's been stigmatized for so long. So it took a while. I, I opened them up first, of course, with CBD, um, doing like CBD salves for my dad, uh, for his pain. Cause he would be in so much pain from, you know, he was a, he was a fire, a fire sprinkler spitter, uh, for his 40 some odd years. So he was literally lifting his arms up and like adjusting things for, you know, days on it. So he's, you know, super sore, sore old man. And the CBD cranes definitely started to kind of show them a, a, a new way. And then I got my mom a vape pen. And so that she just takes one or two hits at night to help her sleep. And she loves it. So the other night, my dad happened to find my mom's vape pen. I don't know if he knew she had it or not. I don't know. She's had it for a while. Anyway, he found it and he's like, what's this? She's like, oh, it's, it's my vape pen. Um, you know, I use it to help me sleep. She's like, try it. So he tried it. He didn't think it was working. So he took an extra big inhale. <laughs> and of course it worked. So anyway, apparently he had the best sleep of his night of his life. Oh, that's awesome. The next night, my mom heard him digging through the th- digging through her nightstand looking for <laughs> <laughs> So it's always very validating when something like that happens. Oh yeah. Um, and CBD's been a great bridge for us, you know. Uh, it's the perfect bridge to opening minds of what, you know, more of the plant can do for you. Yeah, I think that that and, and topicals are like the two great tools for ending stigma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 100%. And that to me is the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle. I was just talking to somebody the other day, and it was like, you know, we're not going to be happy until hemp has replaced plastic and cotton yeah like what a world that will be that will save our world oh yeah actually i just got a um i just got a product from p2 it's a cartridge oh let me see it's and their packaging for this line that they have the actual tube that the cartridge comes in is made out of hemp plastic I was really excited. I know I I hung on to the the packaging much longer than I normally do because I just kept looking at it and getting happy. So so that is completely biodegradable. Yeah. God, that must be so expensive for them to produce right now. I think it is. not really. I, I would assume since they haven't done it across all their lines that it's like, you know, it's like a, it's a first attempt and it really does. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, we want our magazine printed on hate paper, paper but uh, that would be outrageously priced. It's incredibly outrageously priced. And also because you have, you do yours on such beautiful, heavy stock, it would be even more so. Yeah. 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 For you um, lis- but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love to hear that. No, and, and for you listeners out there who haven't checked out, uh, Jen's magazine it is it's it's art quality it's really nice thick pages and I as somebody who loves to geek out on books and magazines like the first time that I touched it I was like ooh, <laughs> this is nice <laughs> you, you spent a lot of money on this 
Yeah, I did. <laughs> but it, it shows in the quality. I mean, I proudly put it on my coffee table. <laughs> I mean, most people do. I just, I need more people to spend a lot of money on it. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The COVID, 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 COVID hit us hard. Well, let's talk um, about that. Down, distribution hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so because you were. Well, we had to. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say you were right before COVID. Um, we, I, I participated in a retreat with you, which was in a beautiful location. And that was looking mm-hmm. like that was going to be a really great way of like integrating the magazine and creating more community and then COVID hit. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. Um, the, the event was like what dreams are, are, are made of. Um, the venue was just the luminary farm was so amazing. And, and, and I mean, the fact that it was just like sacred land and just the story behind it of the venue was just so amazing. Um, Jenny has done such a beautiful job with that place. Um, but so, so yeah, we got hit, we got hit really hard. Basically we had to re we had to take out all of our mags of, um, the big book retailers because they were placing her next to the gay magazines and we were lucky to be selling out 10% of of our magazines. So when you send tens of thousands of dollars worth of magazines out and you're paying to ship them out and then they don't sell through anything, they sell through maybe 10%. We, we, we lost, I, I lost severely for that. Um, and so, and then of course everything is shut down. Yeah. So really, we're right now we're pretty much direct to consumer, and that's it, which is really really hard. Um, so we went from having a, um, you know, just from business standpoint, from having a product that cost us to print, and that's not even considering how much it costs to all the artists to put inside, which most most contributors are uh, volunteers, but um, just to print was six dollars a copy. When COVID hit, to print, my print went up to $15 a copy. Wow. Yeah. So that hurt. That has, it's, it's been hurting. <laughs> but that is where, you know, and that's where the shift has to always come. And so, you know, when we introduced our first event, the idea was to also introduce our, our membership platform, which really was going to allow us to give the MJ lifestyle experience to our members. And with that, it was kind of like, you know, getting a goodie bag of these CBD products each, you know, quarter to try out really kind of, it was, we were like, how do we get these products in our favorite people's hands? You know, I mean, it is so hard for, from a business perspective, it is so hard for CBD brands to get in people's hands. Um, You know, you're, people don't know where to even look for CBD. They don't even know how to get started. So really we wanted to create a community of women um, or a community for women um, or men, of course, but it is, it is women um, focused and a way for us to also help out the brands that we want to support the brands that are doing their COA testing, the brands that are being, um, you know, as much, um, you know, uh, aware of, you know, socially aware, uh, sustainably aware, you know, be responsible, taking care of these things, um, socially responsible. I apologize for that. Um, so, 
it's important for us that we're promoting these brands and not the brands that are, you know, what I find with women is there's so much intention behind their products. They're creating products because there is a need for something or they had a need for something and they're creating some, the best possible product that they could think of to fix or, you know, to not fix, but to guide or use as a tool for, you know, whatever it is, anxiety, period cramps, um, you know, you obviously, you know, um, and sorry, Alexa's going off really quick. I tried to turn her down. <laughs> That's all right. I'm, she's reminding my kids that it's time to get back to class. Oh, um. yeah, Yumi. Hey, life in the time of COVID. It's like that's. I think <laughs> anything that happens, any like t- technology, like weird thing that happens, whether it be that or like you know your Zoom call ending up with like somebody freezing, is like I think we've all become much more accepting and empathetic. Oh yeah, we're yeah we're we're just immune to it at this point. You gotta um, be. Yeah. So so yeah. So that's a, Alexa letting my children know it's time to get back to class. Um, <laughs> but so, so what we had introduced with the membership was, of course, you know, with the membership, you would get, you know, first invite to all these amazing events, uh, you know, of course, the magazine, but then a box, a plant wellness box every quarter. And so far, these boxes have been just an amazing little curation. I mean, in the last one, we had this little... Um, even like a like just all plant wellness products we've had mostly cbd products but then we've also had like thc brands but non-infused products going in there just so that they can you know show what they are offering and show what they're about um to know what to look for when you are going in the dispensary uh we've had like mushroom coffee coffee made from superfood mushrooms um just little different things you know and then we'll usually throw in like a crystal there was like a rose quartz necklace with some lava beads to um, absorb like essential oils. So this has been just a really great little kind of like a gift box that we give to our members each quarter. Um, And then we're doing more virtual stuff. So lots more virtual events um, to try to just increase awareness. We did this amazing CBD lymphatic drainage massage led by Mandy McGaw, who is a breast cancer survivor and a somatic healer. Mm. Um, And so just stuff like that. It was such an inc- I've never done something like that before a lymphatic drainage massage it sounds so different but it was incredible and I practice these techniques when I'm at home now yeah you know doing those are wonderful that's that's actually what I used to do on my weeks off from chemo to really try to get all the gunk out of my system was lymphatic massage and I really believe it made yeah. a huge difference um I just want to go back to the the CBD box for a minute. I'm just I'm so glad that you're doing that because I have I have clients from all over the nation that I work with and and that and I have people who come to my classes that are, you know, because they're on Zoom now and they don't have uh, you know, dispensaries in their states or their areas and so they're looking to get CBD products and with all the MLMs and not being sure what you're getting when you're purchasing it, it's really nice to have a source to where you've actually curated a collection, you know, who's made it, you, you've, you know, you know about their practices with COAs Mm -hmm. because that's, it's one of the biggest things with how to be discerning with choosing your CBD products. And it's really hard for an individual to go it alone and, and if they don't know what they're looking for. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and just even to know about the COAs and I can't, we have an article on it, uh, how to read it. We also have a link to the COA of every product that's included in the boxes. That's awesome. Uh, just to be 100% transparent. I cannot tell you, I, I think I want to say SC labs just did. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to see if I can quote what their, what their percentage was. I want to say, it was in the 60s or 70s. Gosh, I've had it up. I don't know where it is. Um, and of products, of can CBD products that are mislabeled for potency. And, and that is, that is. I was looking at the FDA because the FDA did one as well. And I think they're about, I think they're testing almost 60% were mislabeled. Yeah. And mislabeled meaning within 20%. So say it had 100 milligrams of CBD in it it didn't fall within 120 or 80, like 20% plus or minus. So there was either way more than 120 milligrams, which I doubt, or way less than 80. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Uh, and so so that's just like that alone. And, and I think 40-something percent had more than had more than allowed THC, even up to psychoactive levels. Right. a PhD in the product. And that is dangerous. It is. And the fact that, you know, what people fail to realize is that, you know, whether we're calling it hemp or cannabis, the plant is a bioaccumulator. And so it can have all sorts of other lovely things that is drawn from the soil, from the air, depending on what was used to, to make it grow. That all is really impactful, too, especially if you have a compromised immune system. And that's because these CBD products are not as heavily regulated as cannabis um, in the dispensaries. Yeah. Unless you know your brand, it can be problematic. Yeah. 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 Um, very problematic. And so it's it's just so for us that that right there, the fact that the FDA has not yet standardized us, which I think is. Is, is very irresponsible, but maybe they're just trying to get their ducks lined in a row. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, but that's, that's, that's scary. And so it is, you know, finding that information out, it's our duty to spread that awareness. Uh, even my own sister, she sent me a picture of this CBD brand bottle. And she said, look, I got this at the supply, salon supply source because she has her own salon. She's like, for 30 bucks, isn't that a good price? It had no, it, first of all, it said cannabis sativa, which I get it, that is whatever it is, but that's kind of misleading because people who think they're getting CBD, like, people are saying cannabis versus, you know what I mean? Right. Had no MGs on it, no MGs. Yeah, that's problematic. At all. And then I looked it up and it was like, it was being questioned by some better business bureau, but I'm like, I have been like, how many times do I have to say this? And my own sister is still is is still getting duped by the oh here's some cheap CBD products. Yeah, and and I think you know I, I know like some of the people who are even selling the product don't even understand um, anything about it. Like I had a I had a class a couple of years ago uh, where a family showed up right towards the end. Um, and it was a class on the non-euphoric. So of course I was talking about CBD ratios a lot and they missed most of class. And I thought that, you know, normally when I get a family showing up, it's because there's a member of the family who's sick and they came up afterwards and the matriarch of the group was like, you know, sorry, we missed your class. We were coming from far away. 
Um, you know, there's one question that I don't know if you covered, you know, while before we got here, but, you know, is is CBD the seed or the plant? And they had a CBD company. They were selling CBD through an MLM. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. oh, took my breath away. And I was like, this is the problem. Because people, you know, I mean, especially with the way our economy has gone in this world and how we are, you know, the middle class is pretty much going away and we have the very rich and those of us who are clamoring to pay our bills and it's like, so people are latching on to whatever they can to create abundance for their families, because that's obviously what that was, you know, it was. Right, right. And so we, it, it, it perpetuates, like, it, it's the whole thing around the green rush. Like I always tell people, the green rush is over. The green rush was over yeah. when you didn't have to worry about the DOJ coming down on you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because that's when, well, like, it was like. It's all- 3000 a pound for cannabis, which is not the case anymore. Yeah. 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 It's also, you know, also I, I had, I was on a talk on clubhouse the other day and one woman had said, was talking about the, the industry in Illinois and how it's medically legal, but when are, when is it going to be federal or uh, recreationally legal? And I, I went in, I was like, be careful what you wish for. Because if they're not ready to be legal, I, I said, our wreck ruined our industry. Yeah, it did. I mean, it absolutely obliterated us. Uh, and everything was just fine when we were medical. So, you know, none of us are going to know where where anybody is in, in Illinois because it's, we're usually trying to keep up with our own state. Right. You know? <laughs> we don't know what's going on in other because it's, I wish it was just all the same. I really wish it wasn't state to state. Um you know, it would, it, I don't know. I don't know what would be easier, but it's just really challenging it to would be able be to nice. educate people properly. Well, yeah. And, and like when we were, when we were still, you know, looking at 64 passing before anyone voted, one of the things that I brought up, you know, as a policy advocate in my role in the task force was we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's look at other states and what they did right and what their mistakes were. But nobody does that. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, and then just kind of going on a side note, can I, can I let you in on a little secret? <laughs> Clubhouse scares me. <laughs> oh, girl. I, I, I'm it on scary. it. I haven't done anything. I haven't even listened to anything because I'm just like, I feel like a deer caught in the headlights. Um, well, you know what's so funny? So <laughs> here's a little... So I actually did a blog post about it, about my first day, 10 days there. Mm-hmm. Um, so check it out. So that'll give you a little warm up of what to expect. Oh, I will. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm like, maybe I'll get some traffic this way. Maybe I'll just share something about Clubhouse. Anyway, uh, it um, it is, it can, it can be extremely overwhelming. And what I find is that I can only take it in very small doses. Um, because my mind just starts spinning and it's like you're absorbing, it's like you're at a seminar and you just start absorbing too much information and then you go a little insane in the membrane. So, um, you know, I, but I think what will be really powerful is when, you know, and I think you and I can definitely do something on there. I I just haven't even planned one yet. I need, I need to plan something. Um, there's a million things for us to talk about. 
uh, I think it can be a great opportunity. It's not consumer facing. It's a great opportunity to get to know people in the industry. Yeah. Um, I think I like, that. Um, but it's not like, you know, a consumer facing, I wonder how it's going to be once the whole world is on it. Um, because already it gets, a, it can get a little, you know, a lot overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. It's, it's just something new. Um, and you don't have to be showered or brush your teeth to be on it. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Um, especially nowadays that's an excellent thing you know i'm still looking for a natural deodorant that works for two days in a row but i haven't found one yet so oh, i guess I have to keep showering <laughs> i gotta uh i i'll i'll have to look and see i found a really good natural one i'll um if you have i'll i'll tell you i'll i'll go look after we talk yeah, and i'll me. send it your way and you can see if you you've checked it out but i uh it's jeff approved Oh, nice! Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> and I figure you know, if if a dude approves it, you know, and they're they're well, I shouldn't say that, you know, we all are in different, we all have our different levels of personal funk. But I always figure, you know, I always assume guys are funkier than girls, but that's not necessarily true. Well, since I went since I went natural, my husband is just like, dude, <laughs> you smell like a gymnasium. <laughs> You're like, love me, love all of me. I'm like, don't you love my pheromones? Right. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> oh, I well, that's you know, Jeff just looks at me and is like, you've just you've come up with some original style in the past year. It was like you know, wearing having bunny slippers on and and a muumu <laughs> smoking a joint in the yard. <laughs> yeah. Moo's for the win. Moo's oh, for the win. Moo's and caftans for the win. That's like, I right from the get go, I started getting into that. I we for a Halloween, our our neighbor, our dear friends, um, our the mother, uh, she's been a friend of Jeff's for years, and she has a ten year old daughter. And so they're both our friends or when we, we are kind of a pod. So for Halloween, we just, we ended up uh, projecting movies onto the side of the house and we're, you know, everybody did costumes. So Jeff and I did unicorn onesies and I've never, I haven't worn a onesie since it, since I was like, you know, my mother bought one for me as a child, (laughs) you know, but I was living in that thing for a few weeks until I like woke up. I was like, girl, you're in a unicorn onesie. Don't give up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my husband basically got me a Snuggie for Christmas. So oh, a Snuggie that's... and, yeah, so... and, a, and a, foot, a foot smoother. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, he knows what's important. I mean, I, I haven't had a pedicure in a while. I'm sorry, babe. I know I haven't had my hair cut in over a year. Ooh, I bet it's long. It's pretty long, so you know, and I and I'm okay with that. But man, I got to get something done with this thing. Do you? Yeah. Well, we finally got lifted, so I think we're good finally. (sighs) I hope so. Right. I just want everyone to stay safe. Um, That's actually one of the um, the things with uh, cannabis being an essential business is that. Um, they're actually the people who work in dispensaries and I believe in some of the production facilities as well are being considered healthcare. So they're going to have access to vaccinations. Oh, it's pretty that's cool. awesome. Yeah. I just, that's great. I just found that out because we just, we just got a notice saying that 
you know, everybody is able to go in. And I'm really, I'm really happy for my colleagues who are working behind the bar because I've been really worried about them. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great news. So one of the great things about it being an essential business, <laughs> but actually, and speaking yeah. of that, um, you have ventured into doing a, uh, you did a collaboration for a THC box too, right? We did. We did. We did our first one uh, with Raven Duckett from Community Gardens. She is starting her new delivery system. It's it's uh, it's family owned, so I believe it's with her cousin and husband. That's cool. And what it is is it's it's a it's something. It's a new thought, and it will catch on. But it's it's been you know hard to for to explain to people. But basically, I mean, it's not hard to explain. Basically, you text up the number and you tell them what you want and they give you suggestions. And then, you know, you figure it out and then you go. So it's not online ordering. There's no signing up. You really just, it's just kind of a, as easy as a text. Um, so I think like maybe the first first order might be, you know, obviously giving your address and getting acquainted or whatever. Uh, I think it's address and credit card number. And then, then there's your delivery service. So it's really, really cool. Uh, it's all throughout the Bay Area. So I was really excited about that. And so what we did together was we wanted to feature all female-owned products. So um, and we wanted to kind of give a little bit of everything, you know, like an edible, some to- a topical, uh, a um, some tinctures, a vape, joints. So there's really a little bit of everything. Plus there's a vape battery in there. Plus, there's a cool joint ring from High Society Collection in there, which is like a ring that you put on your finger and smoke your joint from the ring. Um, and it's just a really beautiful collection of products. Uh, it's got green bees, green bee botanicals, eye cream in there, which I absolutely, I love green bees. Uh, have you tried their products before? I have not, but I have a... Um... Is that when when you did your retreat? Were those little we cloth, did, yes. the cloth bags? I yes. have my I have my bag, and I I use that all the time to like hold all my my cosmetics in. And, and every time I see, yeah, they person... couldn't give us samples because there's THC in it, right? But it's it they're renewing serum, so there's actually um, there are samples of their serums in the box, but then there's a full size. Everything else is full size, uh, and there's a full size eye cream. Their serum is, I I was just telling Bridget the other day about it. It is like, I'm very sensitive to aromas. This is such a really soft, fresh aroma. Like it's just natural. I don't even know, but not like overly natural. Um, And then it's like so thin. Like I was telling her, I was like, I don't know. I think it's called the the viscosity of the oil is very like thin so it's not too cakey I, I i told her i'm like you better not ever stop making this product because i love it so much on my face and it's one of the only serums is it a serum i wonder if that's why is it not an oil it's one of the only cbd serums that i've been able to not get what's the difference between a serum no it's got oils in it um not have little breakouts from, not have clogged pores from, because sometimes I do get clogged pores. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's. I've been on a on a serum tangent this year, um, and that's one of the things that I've been noticing, like in reviews, is about breakouts or sometimes serums will 
create milia for people and so i'm just like oh i don't want to deal with any of that that one's out the door all right on to the next i'd be mm. i'd be really curious to try that especially because even like way back before there were a lot of um when it was more like pain topicals rather than mm -hmm. you know products yes. for self-care and beauty i used to just I used to have like a syringe of CBD oil and I would just mix it in with everything else. Well, and from a business standpoint for them, it's really hard because they're relying on bud tenders to sell their beauty products. Yeah. You know? And so it's really, really challenging because obviously it could only be delivered or at a dispensary. Um, you know, and they're, of course, limited to California for right now. But uh, but there's just a lot of challenges with that, you, with any with any, you know, brand that's outside of the ordinary. You know what I mean? Um, that's not, you know, joints or, or oh, yeah. weed or bait, I feel like, you know, so um, it is. So that's another reason why, you know, for me, why MJ Lifestyle is so important, because, you know, I feel like we are elevating these brands and getting these brands you know, noticed and, and hopefully getting them in people's hands uh, more, you know. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's you're... point changing the world. Yeah, you're becoming, a, well, you are, you know, a trusted source for information because of, you know, you have these relationships with the different companies, so you really get an idea of, you know, what you want to support and what you don't, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's been really... Um, really great you know and it was kind of like a it's very much a field of dreams you know nobody could un, nobody could envision what I was talking about until I showed it and then you know you start showing you start building and then um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a field of dreams since you know my bank account's in the red but hasn't been successful yet but the successful part has been the community that we have grown the relationships that I have you know built um, you know I've found so many sisters in this industry and you know it's just getting better and better so i think it's um and i have found that at least the women that we have you know kind of yeah i just feel like here in the bay area we have a pretty rad group of women um entrepreneurs and just and advocates i and we don't really let stuff get away like we don't really we know when people are do, doing shady stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it, it gets around quickly. Um, and, and, you know, we, we choose to stay true to what we believe in. And so, you know, it unfortunately is kind of a harder route to go, um, you know, being transparent. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I hear you. But, um, but that's, you know, that's, in my opinion, I, I, I won't go unless I can be, I won't do anything unless it's, you know, uh, true, you know, or, or feels good. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think, you know, that's important to make sure you're trusting your instincts all the time. Cause there's been many times that I haven't. Well, you're sowing sustainable seeds, you know, because people can, people can do well and succeed on hype, but that's not sustainable. What's sustainable are you know, the the people like you who are putting in the work and doing it in a certain way where you're, you know, keeping to your principles and it is slower going and, you know, it's also more sustainable in the end. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Well, it's just not worth doing if you're not doing it right. 
in my opinion. I feel the same way. It's I through the years, it's like I've had many opportunities to make you know money in the industry in ways that I didn't that didn't resonate for me, and I'd have to walk away, and I'd be like, "Ooh, did I make the right decision?" Because <laughs> I got to pay the rent. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, "No, no." In my heart of hearts, I know that that's that's what I was supposed to do, and it's it's a hard thing, and people get burned. But you know, I, yeah. I really think you know your your inner compass is where you, what you have to go with. Yeah, I I, mean, I think most of us only learn from from going through you know the the small battles. Um, you know that is how you learn. But it, truly, if there's one thing I could have told my younger self, it's to absolutely trust your instincts you've got to they they're not going to steer you wrong speaking of instincts where are you uh what are you looking towards in the future what are i mean hey plans change but today in this moment (sighs) (laughs) what are you seeing we are we're doing a lot more digital um just digital content event partnerships Really, I mean, obviously, everybody's kind of zoomed out at the moment. Oh, yeah. um, but digital is kind of our only way of getting getting out there at the same time, you know. Um, so, of course, lots of you know, we've got little virtual events, and then we're focusing a lot on our on our curated boxes. Um, yeah, it's a great idea until you have to fill boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even like you can have like a a box like a a filling party because you know everybody's potted yeah. up. Yeah. So um, I mean, I think like you know there are definitely some CBD subscription boxes coming out, which are look amazing and beautiful. Um, they are monthly, which I think can, might be a little bit much because um, a lot of our products last a while, you know. Um, but for, so for us, I think quarterly is 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 sufficient for right now. Um, it's it's just it's a it's a hustle to you know after a while you've got to find brands that you believe in. Uh, you know when it, when it comes down to it, you still have to keep your principles and then find the brands willing to work with you. So right. um, it's it's still a you know a hurdle. Uh, but yeah, so we've got lots of educational stuff happening. Um, our next issue is on heritage and legacy so we are really excited about about um that but um yeah we've got just kind of a kind of a few things in the works just trying to keep on keeping on um but yeah so i'm hoping that we get an event at some point i'm just really i'm a little i'm very hesitant to pull the trigger obviously because we've just been I mean for us our, my kids have been in March it'll be a whole year that we've been home homeschooling um our schools still aren't open so and they just keep just keep like trailing us along like acting like we're gonna get to come back and then two days later they tell us we're not so that's a lot <laughs> I can't trust anything right now yeah with the, with this <laughs> well, hey, in the midst of all this, it's like, thank goodness for cannabis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would not be handling it too well. And and cannabis sales went up, I believe, also. 
I mean, in the midst of all of it, it actually wasn't that bad for the cannabis industry. Well, yes and no, because can't local cannabis sales went up, but California has become a tourist destination for cannabis tourists. So since that's gone down, that's been impactful too. Mm, that uh, is interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of a, I don't, I don't know if like the use locally has made up for the people who are, you know, coming into town for a few days before they head up to Napa. Cause especially. Yeah. In, I mean, tourists are planning on spending several hundred of dollars. I would imagine. Oh yeah. Well, it's the novelty, especially if they're coming from place, either they're coming from a place that doesn't have cannabis or, you know, it's well, you know, Hey, no, nowhere near as good as what we have, you know, so they look forward right. to that. So that, that makes a big difference. You know what my biggest problem with legal cannabis right now is it's still not accessible. It is so expensive. We are being taxed so much money that there's no way that, that, that everybody can afford this. Yeah. It's true. And that's, that's like one thing I used to, I used to get that, especially when I would spend time behind the bar and, you know, f for people who really are using it for relief, like a lot of times there'd be tears. Exactly. That. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, you know, I always tell people is it's, it's a call for us to get civically engaged as citizens because the people who are making these decisions a lot of times are dependent on our votes to keep their jobs, right? So we need to mm -hmm. let our government know, especially on the state level right now, that you know, we we use cannabis, we pay taxes, we are active individuals who are you know we're actually doing things with our lives because a lot of a lot of the people in Sacramento still have outdated ideas of who cannabis users are, and they're there to you know serve the people and to make policies that will work for the people. And that's that was, I mean, one of the reasons that, you know, with all the hard work of a lot of our colleagues that we were able to pass the compassion bill so that we were able to give away cannabis to those in need again. But, you know, not everybody qualifies for that. And, you know, what's considered low income in California is it's 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 real and it's insane when you think about it. There are so many people who cannot even afford their medications that are being covered by insurance, much less how expensive cannabis is so we really mm -hmm. have to like to do a lot of work as you know as citizens to start putting the pressure on Sacramento to not you know to lay off on the taxes and to treat cannabis like any other industry so that people can afford their their products and you know and then it also creates more jobs because companies can afford to right so companies can afford to exist exactly because I mean, we've lost so many great taxed on oh yeah. yeah oh yeah and they're getting taxed at every single layer of what they're doing from planting to picking to uh, trimming to everything they're getting taxed on everything yep yep and it's not about not wanting to pay taxes like everybody else because that certainly needs to happen um, and we need to be able to pay the same amount of taxes, not more. And and especially with the stuff that goes on on the federal side where you can't 
claim all the expenses that a normal business can. I mean, I had, I know when I still worked behind the bar, like, and I was teaching like three quarters of my time was categorized as trafficking federally. Because you can't do, oh, are you kidding me? I know. So I've officially, I was officially a trafficker for several years. Oh my God, because they can't, so you can't, I believe it is, you can't write off marketing. Is that what it is? Or advertising? There's so many things you can't write off. There's, and you can't have fair banking or, or accessible banking. I can't even get accessible banking for CBD. Oh yeah. No. I mean, when I was teaching, when I was teaching at city college, I had to have professional liability insurance and there was no plant touching or selling of the plant or donating of the plant. Like there was, there was no cannabis involved in it. And I ended up paying like five hundred dollars, and the next year it went up to eight hundred, and then they dropped me. Oh my god! And I was like, yeah, and I was like, but wait a minute, I I'm not, you know, all I'm doing is I'm teaching a class on I'm teaching three classes: a one hundred one, one for medical practitioners, and then I'm teaching a a history class. So oh my goodness, there's a lot of craziness going on. And and that's that's like the stuff that, you know, more people need to get on board with lobbying and talking to people because, you know, it's like I always say, conversation is normalization. And we really, you know, we have a lot of, of people who are making policies that they don't really understand because they're undereducated about what's going on. I mean, it was just like in San Francisco where they tried to make it, you know, $1,000 a day finable offense to smoke cannabis in your own house you know I mean and it was like in multi-unit buildings but all the same I mean these are the same people who really can't afford to be paying those kinds of fees and they really don't have much of a choice and you know and the supervisor who was the president of the board of supervisors tried to slip it in last minute before he retired so that it would happen and it's like you know, these are uninformed elitist decisions that are being made on, you know, on behalf of the public without really asking what the public wants. Mm. And so that's that's what's holding a lot of us back. And that's what's making it inaccessible for people to purchase from dispensaries. And then in turn, they're turning to the illicit market, which, ha- you know, can have wonderful, inexpensive flowers. But you still you go back to the whole thing of, you know. Are you going to get a COA on that? Probably not. And the state wonders why we have all these illicit growers. Where, you know, when we were contemplating legalization from this, the standpoint of, like, the San Francisco task force, we were like, well, you know, if you encounter an illicit grower or somebody selling illicit cannabis, how about instead of finding and arresting them, we give them a brochure and direct them to an organization that can help them actually become a legitimate business because they are entrepreneurs. But well, the other, I mean, the other problem too is that not all counties even allow you to grow it. Right. Right. So people who were growing before, you know, had everything happening, and then suddenly it gets, you know, it was it becomes recreationally legal, and everything changes. Right. And suddenly you can't grow on your farm anymore. Yeah, I've I've had people go try to do it the real the right way, went you know bankrupt essentially, and so they they went and did their illicit farm, and now they're able to invest in real business. 
Right. That's it's, it. It's... And then they're surprised that we have this, you know, growing illicit market, whereas legalization was supposed to take care of that. Well, when you throw greed into the mix and you don't actually give people the tools for success, this is what happens. Yeah, and not to mention the consumer is paying street prices plus tax, plus 35% yeah. tax. Yeah, and then they get upset at the dispensaries, and it's like, yeah, it's not the dispensary's fault. And that's what I would always tell them. I'd be like, I know that you might be upset at the producers. I know you might be upset at the dispensary. You're probably upset because you see all this packaging and you wonder if you're paying for it. Let me tell you, you are, but your beef is with the state, and you need to know that. Yeah. So get active. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, yeah, I think absolutely. it's an excellent opportunity for people to brush up on their civics and understand. You yeah, know. I agree. I mean, even even I need to. Oh, you know, I mean, it's something that's been really underserved in most of our educations. Like, that, you know, civics really stopped being taught in depth, like, well before you or I were of age to take those kinds of classes. And that's a okay. I'm not going to speak for you, but for me, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure we're pretty close. Yeah, I, I was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling it for sure. That's it. It's just it's nuts. So, but um, ooh, yeah. hey, we're we're at the <laughs> end of our time. And see, I knew this would happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna have we to have did. a part we two. Did. Oh, I'm, I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> I'll let you know how the shifts go. Yeah. <laughs> how no. my pivots happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you're nimble. You're, you're, I am. You're super am. nimble. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, for our listeners, do you want to share your social media links so that they can follow you? Yeah, sure. So we are at MJ Lifestyle. M as in Mary, J as in Jane lifestyle uh and you can find us at mj lifestyle or mjlifestyle.com um and we would love to i mean we've got lots of i don't even know i'm blubbering right now (laughs) (laughs) just speak your truth mama speak your truth just come and check it out all right just come check it out it's 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 amazing and beautiful and the magazine is a work of art so I'm um, very, very proud of our magazine. It is. And you you feature a lot of amazing women in there that people, if they don't know who they are, it's a great opportunity to check out a lot of the women who are involved in the industry and doing really wonderful things. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. And for our listeners, if you haven't checked us out on social media yet, we are available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that's planted with Sarah for all of those. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it is Sarah M. Pion, although it is also on the planted with Sarah page, in case you forget that. Um, Remember that we are going, we are at two episodes a month. So tune in later on this month for our next episode. Um, Jennifer Skog, founder and CEO of MJ Lifestyle. Thank you so much for visiting with us today, thank my you. sister. <laughs> yeah, so wonderful yes, to have yes, you yes, on. Thank you. I can't wait till we get to squeeze in real life. I know. I can't wait for that too. And all of you follow Jennifer. Check out her amazing magazine. If you are curious if, about CBD, and especially if you're in a state where you don't have access to dispensaries, 
check out these curated boxes. They are beautiful. And also stay tuned for when COVID lifts, some amazing events because Jen's got it down. And if you want to spend time with a bunch of amazing women and learn a lot about CBD, cannabis, and other natural health, self-care techniques, and just connect with a really great network of lovely, smart ladies, please follow her and check it out. Read the magazine, get the subscription box, and I'm telling you this is an educator in this crazy world where we're going back and forth between what is real and what is not, this is. Stay safe. It's a crazy world out there. Be kind to one another because every little bit helps. Take care.